One of these days I'm going to go back and look at the date and the time that we actually met Ron Campbell. Because I always go, uh, he's been with us for this, I don't know how many years. And I actually don't know the exact number of years, but he has been a part of this body for a long time. And he became so intertwined with us a few years ago that uh, we, we decided, the elders got together and decided we needed to make Ron an elder, and a translocal elder. Now, translocal means he doesn't live here. And, but he travels back and forth. He speaks into our life. We communicate by texting and phone and messaging. We, we keep in touch uh, on a, definitely on a weekly basis, sometimes more often than that. Uh, some of you may be here this morning. You never heard of uh, the prophetic. You, you don't even know about the prophetic. But it's part uh, of the five-fold ministry that we believe in very strongly, that there are apostles and prophets and uh, pastors and teachers and evangelists are still in operation today. It's not stopped because somebody said one verse means everything stopped because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. He's still doing what he did. Uh, and he's continuing to do that through his people. So today, is Ron, Ron's going to come in a minute and share with you, but I want to, I want to let you know that uh, you can sow into his ministry very easily. Just You can go on his website, uh, soundthetrumpetministries.org, or you can uh, sow through Freedom Fellowship. Uh, at the end of the service, we're going to give the opportunity to sow into his ministry, and you just make a check to Freedom Fellowship and write in the, in the memo, Ron, uh, if you want to be a part. We, we believe in sowing into life. You know, you can sow into dead things. You can scatter seed on some concrete and think and hope that maybe that something will grow. But it ain't going to grow, is it? So we believe in sowing into life. Every ministry that we sow into at this church, and you can go on our website, we sow a lot. We sow a, a lot into our community through the food pantry in a lot of different ways we sow. Through our, through, now through uh, Journey of Hope and through, through Freedom Homes and through the Justice Home. I mean, if you don't know all the ministries that we are supporting and being, that you're a part of when you tithe... Uh, you need to get on our website and check it out sometimes. But, Ron, it's one of, our, one of the ministries that we support because we believe that to sow, you sow into life. Because if you sow into life, you know what you're going to reap? Life. How many want to reap life? So, so ask the Lord, before you start sowing to some ministry or some people or whatever, ask Him, Lord, is this, is this you that you want me to do this? Because if you're sowing into death, you're going to reap death. You're going to, re you're going to reap nothingness. There's not going to be a return. God says, listen, if you sow, you will reap. That's just one of his great principles. So this morning, Ron, this is what was so exciting. Ron had just been here a few weeks ago for, for uh, when uh, CJ was ordained. Uh, three weeks ago, matter of fact. And so he goes from here, and we had a, just a great time with Ron that Sunday. And he went to Florida to be a part of a great conference there. And he, he texted us. He said, man, this is awesome. This is unbelievable. I'm getting these downloads from the Lord. And he said, I've got a download for Freedom Fellowship. And we were like clicking our heels, like Mary Lou and I, high five. Yeah, come on. And he said, I want to be there next Sunday. We said, okay, we'll, we'll make arrangements. You'll be here next Sunday. And then he called and said, I can't be there next Sunday. It's like giving a big pep talk to a, a football team. At, at halftime, and then they run, and the doors are locked, you know? <laughs> so he said, but I can, I can come the next Sunday. And I said, okay, we'll make arrangements for you to come this Sunday. So without further ado, I would like love for you to y'all just stand up. Let's welcome Brother Ron Campbell to the, to the podium. Uh, good morning. Oh boy, that's good. Look at you guys. Yeah, thanks, Harold. Appreciate that. Thanks. So, Father, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you for grace, peace, and joy. We thank you, Lord, that all the noise stops right now. We take authority over every form of thing that is tormenting the minds, hearts, souls, and bodies of the saints. We command to let go in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that. Uh, you give them ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit is saying and doing today. We thank you today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is here with us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not normally a guy that goes to conferences because I kind of find them like I fall asleep. Not that I'm being funny, but um, you know, sometimes you've heard it once, you've heard it all. You know, When you get involved in the church realm or the conference realm, there's all the rah, 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 but it's like a whole lot of fluff. But I went to this conference in Orlando. And we started five days, nine o'clock in the morning with worship. Now, worship went for four hours. And it wasn't driven by the worship leaders. It was driven by the saints. 
It was just, it was wave after wave. Eventually, when the speaker got up to speak, I mean, everyone was intoxicated, drunk by the presence of God. It was so profoundly powerful. I just lay there and just drank of the Spirit of God. I, they called us up to come minister prophetically. I couldn't. I was just too drunk. I stood there thinking to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall over. I'm, gonna, I'm like a drunk man. And it carried on for five solid days. I mean, there was about three, 4,000 people in this auditorium, and uh, you couldn't move because they were just all slain out on the floor. And it wasn't anything that anybody decided, well, hey, let's just make a big thing here. Yeah? It was the presence of God was so heavy in this place. And I just felt like God did something with me. He just did something. One of the concepts that I've really been hearing lately is we know that our nation's in trouble. We know that our leaders are totally, totally bankrupt. I don't care what you say, what side of the aisle you live on, but I want to tell you that our leadership is totally bankrupt and perverted and being coerced by wealthy, wealthy business, and they don't care about the people, and they're taking this nation, with all due respect, down the wrong path. I don't care how you look at it, but you cannot tell me that we are better off than we were 20 years ago. And the problem is they don't care what we think. They use us as pawns to be able to get them into power, and once they're in power, they are bought by big business. It's true. It's not a, it's not a thus say the Lord. It's true. And so my heart has been, God, I thought you brought me to America to show forth your glory. I'm tired of the way the church runs. I'm tired of the way the country runs. It's not that it means anything to me. I'm just the prophet of the Lord. I feel the birth pains of time. I experience the tension that's in the nation. Because when you're prophetic, you experience those things. And so I've been crying out to the Lord for quite a while now, God, what do you want to do in the midst of this? Because believe me, I believe that the Lord is involved and He's engaged in what is going on within our environment. He cares about us. We're as, we're as children. We are in this nation for a purpose and a reason. We're not here yeah, just as a decoration. We are a vital part of the foundation, the culture. And we are a multicultural culture. We're black, white, Jew, Greek, bond, free, we're male, female. We're just every kind of seed that you can find in the world is here. And so I think to myself, there has to be something that has to change in the realm of the spirit. And here's the problem. The church has become, with all due respect, the organization rather than the organism. We are the living, breathing church. We are the Spirit of God that's in us. He's made us the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. But the organization itself has become more of an entertainment platform. And when you go to these places, it's like, la, 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 de, de, de. And then everyone feels all good, goosebumps. You walk out, no change. Nothing's happened. No impartation. And I've gone to a lot of them, and I can tell you for a fact that people sometimes go just as a matter of duty. And so laying on the floor, asking God, God, why am I even here? I just really would like to go away if possible. Because I'm tired of going seeing the same thing all the time. Now, I know you may not be, but I travel all over the nation. And I see stuff, and it just comes to grieve my spirit. So I said, Lord, I just need to hear from you. And the Spirit of the Lord started to speak to me. But before I share with my message, I want to establish some things, some truths. Can I do that? All right, let's establish this one truth. Acts 2.17 says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, right? Has that been done? Yes, it has been done. It happened on Pentecost. Now, are we going to have another Pentecost? No, because the Holy Spirit's already here. See, people are waiting, Holy Spirit, pour out, pour out. Hold on a second. Holy Spirit's in you. And He needs to pour out of you. Because you're the temple. Is that established? Is that okay? Do you have a problem with that? All right. We've got to establish these truths because the bottom line is there's a lot of gray area in these truths. But I want to just clarify today. The Holy Spirit is here. He's in us. He's with us. He leads us and guides us into all truth. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a fact. Okay. The second one is 1 Corinthians 3.16. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit and, the, and God dwells in you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Only these people are. And these people, yeah? So, so basically, bottom line, is there's anything to do with the presence of God in this world, it's in you. 
And if the presence of God is in you and you are the temple of God, then basically the word of God should flow through you. You should be the oracle, the voice. You should be the mouthpiece. You should be the one that carries the burden of the kingdom. You should be the one who can communicate the kingdom. Am I right? Is that established truth? Oh, good. We've got two out of three so far. Uh, okay, so the next one is, I want to ask you this. Did he say that my house shall be a house of prayer? Matthew twenty-one thirteen. He did say that. And so our, mo- our most vital uh, communication concept is prayer, right? Jesus said, if you ask the Father in my name, it shall be done unto you. Am I, am I right? Is that what he said? So, so we have the Spirit in us, we're the temple, and we have prayer. So if there's anything going on, we are the ones who have the capacity and the ability to transform what's going on, right? Okay, so that's established. So I want to talk to you about revival. Because I've been asking people, what is revival? Because everybody, well, you know, so-and-so did this, and Seymour did this, and this one did this, and, and they all go back to history. But I'm asking you today, what in your concept is revival? I want, I want to ask, do you, do, you pray, do you pray for revival? How many of you pray for revival? All right. Keep your hands up. Okay, let me call a couple of you. Ida, come up front here. Stand here. Uh, that lady over there with a the hand up, come here. You put your hand up, brother. Come here. Cal. I want to ask you to explain to me what your concept of revival is. Just in a couple of words. What is revival? What does it mean to you? Reestablishing the kingdom of God on earth. Okay. What is yours? Um, springtime, okay. in essence. Made new. Renewing of the mind, transforming the mind into the likeness and image of Christ and exuding that out everywhere we go. Okay. Thanks. You can sit down. So... So you see, in the concept of the heart and mind of the saints, revival has total different meanings. And so the Bible says when we come to God and pray, we need to make a request known to Him. Am I right? So if our requests are so multiple different, how are we going to have the answer to our request? If we ask in so many different ways, instead of asking, Father, pour out your Spirit upon all flesh why do you think we're not getting revival because we're all praying differently we're all praying in different avenues what our concept is so I'm asking the Holy Spirit to renew our mind and give us a fresh revelation about revival all the byproducts of revival is healing, miracles, signs, wonders those things but the true revival is the heart of man turned back to God the presence of God empowering coming over a whole city like it did in the days of William Bramham and those guys and Smith Wigglesworth. Am I right? We have to start somewhere and the concept is to start here and ask what is blocking revival from coming? Is it our cultural concept of what revival is? Because I don't think that we fully understand what revival is and what we're praying for. Am I right or wrong? So, you guys okay? All right, here we go. You got me the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. So we have to recognize that we need to start praying into agreement. The only one who can bring agreement to us in our concept of prayer and asking for God for something is the Holy Spirit. Right? I can't transform your mind and change you and make you think the way you should pray. It's only the Holy Spirit who can put the burden in your spirit to pray a specific way. Are you okay with that? So Ezekiel 47, God showed me something profound. Verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, the water was flowing from under the threshold of the house towards the east, for the house faced east. Now let me stop there for a moment. So, you know, when you have a house and water's flooding and it's basically coming through the door, you know that that place is pretty backed up. There's a lot of water in there, right? The truth is, don't open that door. You may get flooded out. But here's the key. Why is the water held up? What is blocking the water from flowing? What is blocking the spirit from flowing? It's the door. So what door in your life is blocking the spirit from flowing through you like it should, like a river from the east? What is blocking the spirit of God from flowing through your life? 
Is it the way you believe? Is it your concept? Because you are the temple. That's the temple. The water is flying through the door, through the threshold of the temple. But the door is closed. What has blocked the door within us as the saints to stop the Spirit from flowing through us? No, no answer. We have to find out what's blocked the door. We recognize that we are the tabernacle. We are the temple of the Lord. Ezekiel is speaking very specifically here. And he's speaking about the way the water flows from under. The water speaks in, in, in prophetic language. The water speaks to the Spirit of God. Right? Why do you think we get baptized? We get baptized because we died to self. We raised again in Christ. How do we raise again in Christ? Not because of anything we've done. Because of what He has done and what the Spirit is doing in Him and in us, through us. So when we continue to read... And the water was flowing from under the house, on the right side of the house, from the south of the altar. Now, we know that in our spirit we have an altar, right? A place of prayer, a place of secrecy where you and the Holy Spirit meet and gather together. Am I right? Where you do your daily sacrifice, your prayer, so on. So basically, we're a multiplicity of tabernacles that when we come together, we're one corporate tabernacle, and the water should flow. The, the Holy Spirit should flow through us, but the door's been blocked. It's probably blocked by tradition. It's probably blocked by history. It's probably blocked a lot by the church not believing in the gifts of the Spirit or not believing in the Holy Spirit. And so what we're doing is we're stunting and holding back revival because the truth of the matter is our concept of revival is so different. Our way of praying for revival is so different. And the way we see the Spirit working is so different. But we need a revelation from God of how these things are going to flow and work in our lives. To me, I feel that we, when we walk out here, we should be so empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit that when we walk and our shadow is cast upon people, they will rise again. I believe that. I believe that. I truly believe that. My daughter called me last week. said, Dad, there's a friend of mine. Dad is unconscious. His saturation, oxygen saturation is down. He's in a coma. They think he's brain dead. Could you please come pray? And I thought, oh, man. Uh, uh, it's Monday night football, man. I know you don't do that. And so eventually I dragged myself down there, really with a bad attitude. It's like, the smell of hospital is like, ugh. You know, it's like walking in. And so you can smell death all over the place. I walk in this room and it's all the monitors going, and the guy's basically really dead, basically. They're keeping him alive in machines. And you can see this. His heart rate is... 120, 125, 130. You know he's going through kidney failure. You can see the, the measurements. You can see oxygen stats are completely down. You know that his, his, his lungs are working hard. His heart is working hard and his kidneys are working hard to get the fluid off his lungs so he can live. He had a situation that caused him to oxygen starv starvation for about six or eight minutes. And so principally, basically, they said that his brain is dead and they're just waiting for, the, for his brain to shut down and his organs to shut down. And so when I got there, I was going to pray for the guy, and the, and the, and the mother said, and I brought out the oil. I said, oh, please don't put oil on him. He's allergic to oil. Well, dude, he's dying. It's like, so, I, you know, I sort of compromised, and I felt mercy and compassion. And said, so, right, we, don't, we don't need oil. We're just going to pray. So I laid my hands on him and prayed for him. And I didn't pray any great, specific, wonderful, awesome prayer. I didn't have a revelation or an outpouring of the Spirit, and, and a epiphany, an angel didn't come to me. Uh, none of that stuff. I just was looking at the TV, watching the game. <laughs> I know you guys aren't that uh, spiritual that you wouldn't watch the game, would you? So I had my hand on his phone, and I'm praying and I'm praying in the Spirit of the Lord, just touch his organs, heal his body, and heal his mind. And whatever damage is done, I release the love of Jesus into every mortal cell of his body, and, and tra-la-la. And then I finished, and I left. Called me the next morning. He woke up last night. His oxygen is back to normal. His heart rate's down. His blood pressure's down. He's communicating. He can talk. And the doctors are astounded. And I thought, I felt to myself, I felt so bad because I didn't really want to go and pray for the guy. I really wasn't into it. I didn't feel goosebumps. I didn't feel goose. You know, I didn't feel any of that stuff. But it didn't matter because it wasn't dependent on me. It was dependent on me just showing up and being there. And because of what flowed through my door could affect his life. I didn't have to have a right attitude. I didn't have to have everything perfectly put in the language put together and 
all the right scriptures. I didn't have to have any of that. All I had to do was be there, put my hand on him and pray. And the Holy Spirit did the rest. And I came away recognizing that's how revival is going to work. Is when we just pitch up and we do let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do through us. That stuff that we've been commissioned, a multiplicity of different gifts functioning in one space, in one area today. The presence and the power of God can work through all of us. So when I go and look at this, I look at the whole concept of this tabernacle, and I notice that the water was flowing in a strange way. Now when you talk about tabernacle, you always have to go back and look at Moses' tabernacle, how it was set up. The entrance of the tabernacle was on the east side. And what happened is, as they came through the east side, they went through the courtyard, and then they went through the, uh, the outer court, they call it, the, the courtyard. Then they went through the altar burning and incense. Then, of course, you went to the laver, where, the, where, where everything was sacrificed, the holy place, and then, of course, the high priest tied a thing around his leg, went behind the veil to get into the presence of God to get atonement, right? We don't have to do any of that anymore. If you notice this water was flowing towards the east side. In other words, no longer do we have to go behind the veil to get the encounter of the presence of God. It was flowing from the west side out through the east side, through the outer court. Now the presence of God flows and functions through us. Basically, I don't care where you are in the whole concept. The whole concept is that God is moving through us. Whereas before we had to move towards God, right? For Him to move. But now God is moving towards us and through us. So revival will come when we just let God change the order and do what He wants to do. So I continue to think, okay, hold on a second, God. A lot of people in different levels. And then I continue reading. And Ezekiel has it over here. He continues to read. Verse 3 said, When the man went out towards the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. He led me through the waters. The water reached the ankles. And then he said again, Went to the, and then the water reached the knee. And then again, the, the loins. And then again, it was water that you could not ford. There are different levels of people in the body. Some of them have this amount of spirit, and the rest is just flesh. Some of them have this amount of spirit, and the rest is just themselves. Some of them have this amount, and the rest is just the spirit. Some of them are completely taken by the spirit. So we have different levels, but we each and all of us have the capacity to be the river of God, to get into the river and to be the river. You see, the thing is, we've been told, come jump in the river. No, you are the river. The river flows from your innermost being. You know, we all go to church thinking God's going to step out and do something. Listen, as you start pressing in, the door opens and the river flows from your innermost being. The Spirit moves from within you. Am I right or wrong? So we start praying and we start calling forth revival because the Bible says, the Spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus. Everybody thinks that's about Jesus coming back. I think that's about Jesus coming and manifesting His presence on earth. I just say it's time for us to start praying that the Spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus, pour through us. Pour your Spirit. Let the river begin here. Let's unblock the door. Whatever it is that's shutting down the Spirit from flowing out of you like a river, let us find a way that we can open the door and the river can flow. It speaks there about it goes, it flows down into the sea, and it creates all different kinds of fish. When you talk about sea, you talk about a multitude. The river may start with one person eventually opening up their door and let the water flow, but eventually it'll start affecting everybody, and the, the, it'll turn into the river, and then it'll run into the sea, and it'll populate and affect everything. That's what I'm saying. That's the capacity we have, especially when we come to a corporate setting, and the presence of God starts moving. We've become so used to being people that sit there and look at somebody demonstrate, rather than demonstrating. It's so easy to be spectators. But let me tell you, the Spirit is in you. And the river is in you. And the only way the river is going to unblock itself is if you open the door. And you find out what's blocking the river from flowing in you. All the problems you have, economically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, 
politically, whatever they are, can be resolved if you just open the door and let the Spirit flow through you. Let God cleanse you. Let Him bring a revelation to you of who you are. You know how devastating it is when you don't know who you are because then you're easily manipulated by things around you. You know how devastating it is when you look at the church and you listen to the church and all you hear is political garbage. As if we are not sojourners passing through this land. As if we are not members of another kingdom passing through. We take everything here so seriously. I don't even turn my TV on anymore because I'm so tired of the rubbish. I'm, I'm voting to turn my TV off because I'm tired of supporting commercials and all that rubbish. We don't need 99.99% of that stuff. Living out in the bush is the be it's the best place, best place you live. Get out of the cycle. They've got us in cycles. Do you know that? We are caught up in cycles in this culture. We're in the football cycle right now. When we finish this, we're going to go basketball cycle, baseball cycle, and then whatever else, NASCAR and all the other cycles, and everybody running every Sunday to go and worship their God in their cycle. We're, we're captured. We're captivated by the cycles of culture. But I tell you what, if you could just unlock that door and let that river flow from you, huh, that must start just ankle deep. But let me tell you, as you start getting deeper with God, it's going to become down to your knee deep and eventually you'll start getting down here and eventually you'll start sounding like my house is a house of prayer so people won't have to come be prayed for but you'll come already prayed up or I'm filled with the spirit and you'll be touching and affecting people and they won't even know what the heck happened to them because they've been drawn into the river of God how? because by you it's, it's activated by the laying on our hands it's very simple to start this stuff working but we need to understand the truth. The concept is, as we're not a spectator. We are deeply involved in relationship with Christ. Holy Spirit is deeply engaged in our life, in every facet of our life. And the only reason why things don't flow is because we've blocked the door. could be culture. It could be belief. It could be because we don't have resources. But you know what? That should mean nothing. Because we serve the God who created the heaven and the earth. I, I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm getting to a place in my heart where I'm getting desperate. God, if something does not happen, I'm ready to pack up and move and go and go and live in heaven. Because it's worthless living here. If things are not happening like the Word says they should be happening, why? What is happening? Why have we been shut down? I don't know how many churches I've been marched out of or not been invited back. But you know what? I don't mind because the bottom line is I will not stop telling the truth. I've been walked out of a church at gunpoint in America. And the truth is, listen, I believe it's time for revival. But I believe we need to understand how revival works. It doesn't depend on one man. It may be did in the past when God was trying to get things back in order, but it's going to depend on the Spirit of God moving through the saints. Let that river flow. You know, you go to conference, come jump in the river. No, 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 you are the river. How can the river jump in the river? Welcome church. Instead of welcome to the church. This is not the church. This is a facility. You are the church. I'm so tired of guys. I heard a guy there, well, I'm on staff. I thought, well, there's an antibiotic for that. Where I come from, it sounds like an infection. We're all on God's payroll. I, I'm not better than you. People say, oh, but you're a prophet. Dude, I am no better than you. The first in the kingdom will be the last. We revere people because we think they're much greater than us. But let me tell you, we are equal. We came in naked and we're going out naked. The only guy I've seen go out with his Harley Davidson was a guy who died and they buried him on his motorbike. But he still went out naked. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is, yeah, we have the spirit of the Most High God living inside of us. And that has overcome the world. Jesus didn't say, well, hey, listen, you guys are on your own. Check you later. When about 2,000 years, I'll come back and get you. We'll see what you look like back then. No, he didn't say that. He said, Lord, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the day. 
even to the end. Is, is somebody getting a, are you getting a clue? Are you getting a revelation? Is something happening inside of you? Is something, is something breaking open? Is the door opening up? The battles that you stand and face, and look, I face battles too. The battles that you and I stand and face are very easily obliterated when we apply the Holy Spirit to them. And sometimes He allows you to go through these things so you can be educated. And the Bible says, when you've gone through, turn and strengthen your brothers. That's why we go through stuff. And most of the time when we go through things, it's really so that God's will can be manifest through us. We saw that with the blind man when Jesus spat in his eye and they asked, the, they asked him, uh, was it his father's sin or was it his sin? And Jesus said, it wasn't anybody's sin. It was so the work of God could be manifest through him. Well, why the devils are... Man, listen. The defeated foe. It's like, why are we shooting... I believe that I'm hidden in Christ. Is that a true statement? So if you're hidden in Christ, why are you out there like a brat sticking your head out and saying, why are we even concentrating on the idiot? Why don't we concentrate on what we're hidden in? I'm, I, was, I was trained sniper. I love to get in my sniper perch. I love to get up out the way hidden, camouflage, and nobody could see me. Why? Because I was safe. Until I took a shot. Then I had to get the heck out of Dodge. But, can you see what I'm saying conceptually? We are hidden in Christ. And basically, the enemy shouldn't be able to find you. Do you believe you're a river? Some of you are a trickle. But it's okay. We're going to ask God to unblock the valve and let the water flow. Some of you guys are gushing. That's okay. You're welcome to gush. Some of you guys are dried well. We need to ask God to drill a hole and let the water flow. Because, you know, water finds the path of most resistance. You know, you have a big dam built and one little crack and that dam's gone. The water will blow right through it. We're going to ask God to break the dam today. Wherever it is in your life that has stopped the flow of the river of God in your life, stopped you from maturing and growing up in the things of God, stopped you from being overwhelmed by the presence of God, that the river would just overwhelm you. It's a river that you cannot cross. God's goodness is a river that you'll never be able to cross. It will continually keep you afloat. You'll continually experience God's goodness. Is this a word or is this not a word? What are you going to do with it, body? Are you going to go out here and say, man, that was great. Whew. Or are you going to say, Lord, I'm going to, Lord I, want to, I want to find my door that's blocking the river from flowing. Because let me tell you, we can pray, Holy Spirit, come, and we can sing songs. But He's already here. He's already in us. He's already with us. He leads us and guides us. We just need to get acquainted with how He works. And He works differently and severally through each person. You see, we've been set free from the law of sin and death. And we've been brought into the law of the liberty in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, not all of us will have the same walk. But it's okay because the bottom line is He is the author of the walk and the work. And He will fill you with what you need to be filled with. I am not a good pastor. And that's not, a, that's not a Italian meal, pastor. I'm not. I'm just bad at taking care of people. I really am. It's just not my thing. God said, would you mentor me? Man, I'm going to be a tormentor to you. I can't mentor you. I wrote a book. Get the book. I, I'm just not a mentor. Because to me, it's like, I'm just, I'm too high maintenance myself. <laughs> I mean, I am. I am. I can't tolerate other person's idiosyncrasies. Yeah, you know, if I'm trying to mentor you and you sit there smoking gum, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get fivefold ministry. <laughs> I don't have patience. <laughs> you sit on your table with your head cocked the wrong way around. Yeah, I'm, you're out of my house. <laughs> One of my daughter's boyfriends came to eat with us years ago. Sitting on the dinner table, he's got his hat on backwards. And we prayed and I looked up and I said to him, we've got a problem. What do you mean? I said, you sit at my dinner table with a hat on your head. Not, in my, not where I come from. 
You take the hat off or you out. I'm sorry, it's disrespectful. That's what I think. Am I right? All I'm trying to say is this, folks, listen, I'm, I'm not a... You want to meet a pastor? You want to meet a man that cares and has compassion, is great and merciful and wonderful? Pastor Harold Merrilou. I, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to babysit people. I tell you once, you don't listen, you're done. You don't exist. Your social security number is erased. <laughs> not trying to be fun. I'm being honest. I'm not lying to you. I'm being dead honest. I don't have time to babysit people. I get a guy write me that. Could you pray for me? Get to the word of the Lord. No. Well, you're a prophet. Well, you're a saint. You can get your own words of the Lord. I'm not trying to be funny. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. Well, I don't know how. Well, now's your chance to learn. Get down on your knees and say, God, help me. In Jesus' name. Your son said, if I ask in your name, you'll help me. That's simple. It's in the Word. I did it. So I'm not trying to be selfish. I have a mission. My mission is much bigger than babysitting and changing diapers. And when people have been tormented and trying to help them, it's like, hey, devil, leave her alone. Come out. And if the devil comes back, you let him back in. Sorry, I don't mean to be cruel. But we need revival. We need revival in this nation. Because you know what? The hearts of the people in this nation has become hard and callous. And we've become lukewarm. And we need, we need an outpouring of the presence of God like we've never had before. We need the God to just pour out like a river upon us. And I'm saying He must do it the way He wants to do it. But I say preferably through people that we don't know. Through people that haven't written 25, 30 books and don't have a congregation of 10,000 people. Do it through the old lady that sits down in a rocking chair and prays every day, God. Pour your spirit through her. Do it through the man that diligently has served the Lord, getting up every day and praying, and has been faithful to your Lord, and is not even in numbers, not even recognized. Do it through him. Do it through the unknown. Do it through the remnant. Those who have been rejected by the organized church. I got thrown out my first month in the church. I got thrown out by the church. I was in the background. A guy popped off in tongues behind me, and I had PTSD, and I knocked him out. I didn't know any better, but they threw me out. They told me, this is not a place for you. Leave. Yeah, I recognized I was demon-possessed, but they didn't recognize it. But the guy was laying on the floor, battling for his breath. He recognized it. <laughs> Made me question his authority. Was he just making a big noise? Yeah, probably. See, praying in tongues is great. It helps you. It edifies you. It builds you up. It does nothing for anybody else, really. And that church, I mean, everybody is screaming in tongues higher than anybody else, but none of them had authority. How do I know? Because when I punched that guy, he went down. Now, if he was spirit-filled and he was full of the spirit like he's saying he was, probably wouldn't have gone. He would have recognized, hey, don't stand behind the guy. He's crazy. I'm just saying. I think, well, you guys will look at me like I'm, not, not like I'm nuts, right? Hey, man, listen, I'm real. I'm not putting on any ears and graces. I'm not trying to tell you something I'm not. I am what I am. I recognize it. I am, uh, like, like Elijah, I am a troubler of Israel. I do, I go in, I put my finger in places I shouldn't put my finger in. <laughs> well, why do you believe that? I don't know. Well, tell me why. It's not, I can't help it. It's just in my nature. I like to upset the status quo because the bottom line is status quo is not what the Spirit of God is doing. The Spirit of God wants to empower us to walk in what He determined for us to be. And I want to be that. I want to be that weapon that he's got in the body of Christ. And yeah, you know, you'll go through rejection. I've been, it's great. It's fun when people reject you. It really is fun because then it releases you from the obligation and burden of worrying about them. <laughs> and they come back and say, do you have a word for me? Yes. What's the word? Repent. I've had the opportunity to do that lately. It's really been good. It's cathartic. It's like, oh, thank you, God, healing. <laughs> what do you mean, repent? You know, repent. What did I do? Judgment, criticism, 
you know, rejection, all those kind of things. Repent, just repent. Ask God to forgive you. I forgive you, forgiven, but repent. People, listen. We need revival. We need to start letting the Spirit of God show us what revival is so we can pray in agreement together and call in this river. That's, I believe that's getting ready to break. I believe, I believe this is a perfect place for the river of God to manifest itself. I believe 20 minutes of worship on Sunday is okay if you want to get and beat the Baptists to lunch. But I think we should have two or three hours of worship. I think we should enter the presence of God and let God do something. I think there should be some impartation of something that comes upon us that people are drawn from all over the city to come see there's a fire that's on top of this building. The fire department come and try and put the fire out and they'll get slain. It happened to a church in South Africa that I was in when there was a fire above the church. The fire department came and when they walked into the church, the presence of God slew them all. And the people in the church didn't even know it. It was like flames were outside the building. You couldn't find the fire. But there was no fire. It was the fire of the Spirit that came. And the Holy Spirit moved and people were saved by the droves. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. When a man would stand in a position of elected office and lie, that the lightning would uh, minister to him. That'll bring the fear of God sharp, right? Because that's the beginning of repentance, right? The fear of God brings wisdom. Am I right? All right, you guys are bored. So here's what I'm saying. The word of the Lord to you today is, is to come into agreement with the Spirit about revival, about reviving the church and bringing her back to what she was created to be. I'm talking about the church being filled of the Spirit of God, where signs and wonders and miracles follow, where the Word of God is ever-present, where the broken and the wounded and the damaged and those who have been rejected and defiled can come in and the presence of God could correct their lifestyle and fix them up like that, could renew their mind and change the way they think. And we are that place. We are that place. We are that tabernacle where the door needs to open and the river needs to flow. And let me tell you, there'll be economic blessing beyond what you and I can even cope with. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's time. I'm, see, it's time. There's a sound of a rushing wind. There's a sound. There's a sound of things like cancer fleeing. There's a sound of things like insanity fleeing, drug addiction fleeing, uh, prostitution fleeing, uh, child sex slavery fleeing from the presence of God. That spirit needs to be broken over our culture. It's crazy how many people are captivated by not only pharmaceutical drugs, but chemical drugs they buy on the street. And why? It's because we've given people authority in our lives, and what they've done is they've plundered and raped the culture. I'm telling you, you can lie and you can get upset with me, but I'm telling you the truth and you know I'm telling you the truth. And they come back to the, they come back to the well every four years. Some of them every two years. And they just take us for another ride. Woo, six flags, here we go again. Millions and millions of dollars pumped into rubbish. Can you imagine we pumped all the money into evangelism as they pump into politics? Listen, let me tell you. No terrorists would walk in the street and blow up a bomb. They'd be too afraid. The presence of God would out them like that. It happened in South Africa. It happened in South Africa when guys would try and plant explosives. They would just blow up. And they couldn't understand why the explosives were blowing up on them. Because the presence of God outed them. How do I know that? Because I saw it. I don't know. It's happening in Israel. How do all of these things? There's many more terrorist attacks in Israel than we see. What happens? They get outed. Why? Because the Spirit of God outs them. It's not God's desire that men should perish. It's God's desire that we should come to the knowledge of the grace of the Lord. We are the ambassadors of Christ. Selah. Thank you, Jesus. If you get upset with me, forgive me. I'm a foreigner. <laughs> Do you want the river to flow in your life? 
Do you want your prayer life to be powerful? Do you want the Holy Spirit to use you? Well, he's not really a user, he's a utilizer. Would you like him to utilize the gifts that he's empowered you with? Just anywhere and everywhere. I mean, Walmart is a, is, a, is a battlefield. You can go in there and minister to so many people. I swear, I've been in Walmart. That lady just needs a demon cast over. Come on, let me go. Yeah, this like there's so many places. Starbucks. Oh, my Lord, that's a church you can minister at right there. I'm telling you. Airplanes are really a phenomenal place to minister, especially if the airplane comes in mechanical difficulties. Never say, oh, God, help us. I'm here. I'm here. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that whatever door of the tabernacle is blocked, stopping the flow of the river of the Spirit in the hearts and minds and lives of the saints today, I pray that you would send in the road to root of the Holy Spirit and unblock that river. Let it flow. Let it flow in worship. Let it flow in wisdom. Let it flow in resources, in giftings and anointings capacities, abilities, even within business, even within an area of families and marriage and relationships, let the river flow. And bring, Father, bring out the minstrels, the worshippers, the prophets who prophesy on the strings and instruments. Bring those ones out, Lord, that they would not just sing the cookie-cutter songs that were written, but they would sing the songs that they hear coming from the throne. That your people would be captivated once again by the sound of heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you will not allow the kingdom to be commercialized, but you would allow it, Father, to be flowing in a very powerful stream into the sea, into the multitude of the culture, where every kind of fish and every kind of sea thing is working, Lord, that speaks of every single kind of mankind. I pray, Father, that every nation and every tongue, every culture group, Lord, would come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray you begin it right here with the hearts and the souls right here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you agree? Uh, can I minister one or two people? Only one or two. Okay, we've got time? Good. Tammy, come here. Saints, just pray with me. Don't forget we're a river. We flow together. I've got no response from you. We're a river flow together. So when I'm praying, pray with me. Pray with me for the saints. So Father, right now, just thank you for the anointing. Father, I break the power of the prognosis, the diagnosis, the long-term side effects, all the things going on in with the soft tissue within the brain. I curse it right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. You are the creator of all things. And you created Tammy for a day and a time such as this. And today, Lord, I release the power of the Holy Spirit upon her. I pray, Father, that the Spirit of God would move into every mortal cell of her body and do a recreative miracle right now. I break the power of those things that have come against her hearing and against her sight and against her nervous system. I break the power of the side effects of any forms of medication in Jesus' name. And I thank you today, Father, this is your daughter, Father. She's ministered for you. She stood in the pulpit. She's spoken the word of God for you. And Father, today you're speaking the word of the Lord to her. I release the anointing of healing upon her right now. And I thank you, Lord, that this was not done because of generational iniquity. This was done so that the work of God could be manifest through her. And I release that anointing on her. Lord, that day of death is done. Spirit of death, I command your power to loose her right now. Spirit of poverty, I break your power over her right now. And I thank you, Lord, today in Jesus' name that you just empower her right now with a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit. Fill her right now to overflowing. Father, break anything that's going on within the soft tissue and release your love into every mortal cell of her body right now. I thank you today, Father. That is not over. It is only just begun. And this is a manifest work of God that's going on in her body right now. And I thank you, Lord. Doors open. New opportunities come. New provision comes. Abide and break the power of fear in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's not your time to go. It's your time to be here in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a gentleman back there. You've got a dark jacket on. Your wife next to you has got sort of brownish long hair. You've got a green kind of jacket. Yes, you're smiling at me. 
Can I talk to you, please? Would you both stand up? What's your name, sir? Brad, and your wife? What do you do? Okay. Holy Spirit's on your life, by the way. I believe that God's called you here today for a purpose, and He wants to impart something to both of you. And I know that you, I don't know your background or where you come from, but this is a new day for you because I believe God's going to give you a revelation. There's a grace and anointing and a call on your lives. I'm talking about jointly. There's a mission that God's calling you to, and it's a mission with children. And I just release the power of the Holy Spirit on you. And so you're going to get ready in the Word because you're going to start teaching people. Just phenomenal things through the prophetic Word that's on you and the prophetic anointing that's on your life. I want to tell you today, I declare to you today, a new day. And whatever it has blocked your door, whether it's been a religious tradition from the past or family traditions, I break the power of that thing. I release the doors open to you so that the river of the Spirit of God can flow jointly through your lives together. God brought you here for a purpose today. I don't know where you come from. I know nothing about you. Never spoken to you, but I want to tell you today, God has got you. You are going to do great things for Him together. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, it's hot in here. It's really hot in here. Hallelujah. Do you agree with that? Thank you, Lord. You know, it's it's not over until God says it's over. You know, so many times the enemy makes it, well, you know, my life is a waste. I've accomplished nothing. That's the biggest lie ever. I went through that misery about two or three weeks ago until I went to that conference in Orlando. And then God sat me up and said to me, you have done great things, but they're not anything compared to the things you're going to be doing. Uh, okay, I'm into that. I'll do that. At least I didn't go out with a bang. You know? I'm telling you, folks, if you can just listen and hear what the Spirit of God's getting ready to do, it's going to be phenomenal. And I'm not just making an empty promise. I believe the Holy Spirit's getting ready to do something we have never seen before in this culture. And it's not going to be something men can control. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to move on people that are totally oblivious to the fact that God's using them. And you're going to see it. And yeah, people will try and gather around them and make them famous, but God's going to remove those people. He will, re- he will read your friendship garden if you try and gain popularity through the gifts and the grace of God around you. You know, Even though Jesus got popularity wherever he went, he pulled aside often, got in a boat and pushed off because there were too many people. I know what that feeling is like. You just have to sometimes just really get away. Because people demands us. And the problem is people see the man as the solution instead of seeing him as the solution. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the solution to the situation. Anyway, where's Jeff? Oh, hey. <laughs> I believe, and I want you to stand, any of you that have had issues with sickness and health and you're on medications and disease and all that stuff has taken your body and and cut your life short. And, and if I want you to stand as well while I pray for Jeff. Firstly, I want to declare to you the devil's a liar. And secondly, I want to just say to you that God is the restorer of the soul. So, Father, I just released the anointing on Jeff today. I call forth a restorative miracle upon his organs. Lord, I speak to this disease that was in his blood and in his bones and his joints today I command this thing to be broken completely entirely forever and ever and ever and I thank you Lord that within him it's time for that sound to come forth even within his wife Lord where there's been that droning sound of grief today I break the power of that grief and Lord I just release healing right now upon him Father I just touch his body right now and I thank you Father today that we just speak life into Him. And Lord, the door that was blocked, that stopped the river of the anointing flowing, today, Father, we just take the hinges off that door and let the river flow. Let the river flow in both of them, Father, right now. Father, let it flow to a place where He he cannot even cross it because it's so deep and so great. Let Your grace flow right now. And I thank You, Lord, for the declaration. And even, Father, for those cells that were given to Him, through Silja, Lord, I send the word to her today in Germany, Lord, that you would touch her and you would make her a voice in that nation and she would stand and prophesy to the people because, Lord, through her donating her cells to him, she became part to what he is. And, Father, now she walks in that prophetic grace over there and she's going to declare the word over there. So I declare today a new anointing on him and a new anointing on his wife and his children. 
and a new anointing on Silja too, Lord, over there in Germany. I just send the word to her right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, where there's been disease in the body, cancer, I curse your power. I speak to you right now. You have no authority in this body. I don't care how you found your way in, but it's time for you to find your way out. It's time for you to go in Jesus' name. So I just curse the power of this thing right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that healing comes even to her eyes, Lord. Healing comes now even to her brain and even to her organs, Lord. And I just curse the power of this thing has been in her abdomen. I break the power of this thing right now. I thank you, Lord. I silence the sound of the prognosis of the doctors. And I say, Jesus' prognosis is you shall live and you shall have life and more abundantly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are the saints of the Most High. And I tell you, the enemy has had enough time in, in dealing with the saints. It's time for him to let go and let God. It's time for us to walk in the power and the grace. There's been people on medication that's altered their mind, that's changed, they've got depression, they've got uh, thoughts of suicide. They want to end their lives. I want you to stand right now. I want to break the power of that thing of your life right now. Father, I just thank you right now that every single form and force of heaviness and depression and loneliness, Lord, today is broken. I declare today, Father, there's a river. Father, there's a river that's coming out of the innermost being. Today, Father, forever, this thing is broken. The chemical imbalances in their body from addictions and these kind of things today is removed. And even the chemistry that doctors have given them, which is supposed to help them, which has made it worse, today is broken. I speak and I send every single word into the cells of their body. I pray for a reconstructive miracle within the cell structure and the hormonal structures of their body right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for thyroids. I pray for heart problems right now. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that even gastric problems will be broken. And Father, I thank you right now that even arthritis is broken. And whatever these other diseases are that go with it, with hearing and with vision and with sight, I break the power of the influence of the soft tissue problems in the hearts, minds, and lives of the saints. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. There's a brother in the back here, a black t-shirt. You got a beard. Yeah, you just turn your head. Yeah, that's you. You just turn your head like that. Can you raise your hand to me? Yeah, that's you. What's your name? Scott, I want to just declare to you that the Lord told me to tell you that He's not forgotten you. And you felt like in your life that you've been ostracized and pushed aside and rejected. And every time you've tried to engage in the things of God, it's been like a, a thing that's sort of pushed you away. And even people have pushed you away. I want to just tell you today that the Holy Spirit wants you to know that He has not rejected you. That He's drawing you into His love. He's drawing you into His place that He's got for you. It's a greater place than you're at right now. And God's getting ready to change some of the modalities and things that you've been living in and walking in. God's getting ready to bring a renewal to you, to pour out your Spirit upon you. Some of the stuff you may not understand, but you know as well as I know that there's been a battle for your life for many, many years. And the enemy has tried so many times to end your life, but today I declare to you, broken is the power of that thing. And today I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. You are now part of the genealogy of God, not the genealogy of your family, not the bloodline of your family, because the blood of Christ flows in your veins. I release the anointing on you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Is that okay? Thank you, Jesus. Folks, I know this is a... There's many people in battles and struggles. I understand that because we go through that stuff. But the truth is there is a way out. And Jesus is the way out. Yeah. And the truth, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know? Just give me a minute. I just want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. It's like... There's so many people that I just feel my soul. So many people just need a word, need a healing from God. But I, I hope that the message this morning was the word, is that there's a river. There's a river that flows, and it flows from without you. It's in your innermost being. And you can stir up your most holy faith, and you can start that river from flowing from within you. You know? Thank you, Jesus. Cal, now's not the time. For you to make that move, you need to wait. You need to wait. If you go prematurely, you're going to be on your own. You need to wait for the right connections, the right things to come to you. 
It'll come at the right time. Don't make a move. God says you'll know. I'll speak to you personally when the time is right. But what you have in your heart to do is from the Lord. But don't jump prematurely because there are certain components on the other side that are not there and you'll jump into nothingness. And the enemy's desire is for you to get to a place of nothingness. So don't jump. Wait on the Lord. Okay? Hallelujah. Whew. Somebody's got stomach aches, stomach problems. I can feel it. I can feel it myself. Somebody is battling with some stomach issues, pain and things in their stomach. And I want you to stand. Yeah. You're having gastric problems. I just like, I feel it even when I was walking. I just felt that somebody's got problems with the stomach. It could be IBS. It could be something. I don't really know what it is. But I want you to just lay your hand on your stomach your intestines and I just agree just agree with me buddy let's agree for them father right now I just speak to this area which is the abdomen the area father where the nerve center is which gets affected father by every sort of movement everything to do with food anytime there's any situation of anxiety stress or fear it hits them right here I just break down any deficiencies within the colon, with the large intestine, small intestine. I speak now to the pancreas, to the liver. I speak now to the gut, the digestive system in Jesus' name. And I break the power of whatever's influencing this uh, situation within the gut area. I speak right now, Father, that you bring homeostasis to these areas and healing to these areas of the gut. I pray for healing anointing to just touch every single area and break, Father, whatever it is that's been diagnosed, whether it be acid reflux, whether it be um, alkaline problems within the gut. Father, today I just release the anointing. And I pray, Father, for hormonal balances to be released on these people so that they don't have these digestive issues and these pains and cramps anymore in Jesus' name. Amen. See, now I finished praying. Mine's gone. Yeah. I just suddenly developed. I know when I develop things like that, sometimes you have a thing. I was before, before the ministry tonight, I had this pain in my hip. I went over to um, Elder Ed Sutton. I got him to pray for me because I couldn't even walk. It was so sore. Has anybody been battling with their hip? Stand up, wherever you are. Put your hand on your hip. Yeah. So why, I just agree right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, right now, let the river flow. Whatever's going on in the hip, whether it be arthritis, whether it be torn uh, ligaments, whether it be just a joint problem. Today, Father, I speak to the right hip. I speak to the hip, whatever. It's the left hip, right hip. I don't care. It's hip. I pray right now, Father, that you reestablish the foundation of the spine and the back, which is the pelvis, and you restore the hips and heal right now in Jesus' name. If it's cartilage or bone cartilage or bone spurs right now, I pray healing on those hips. I send the word of the Lord to just touch every single area of that body that is ailing and suffering right now, that they can walk and the pain can be gone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, right now that if there's degeneration of the hip, I pray right now that there'll be reconstruction and revival, a renewal of the hip tissue right now in Jesus' name. I speak to the synovial fluids in each hip and I pray healing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew, man. Oh, we've had a party this morning. Well, I have. I have. It's been good. I'm, how many of you guys feel that that's what God's saying? It's time for revival. It's time for us to get into single-mindedness about God restoring and regenerating and bringing back to life those things that have been lost. It's time for people to see the presence of God move. It's time for people to experience the presence of God again. It's time for us to be overwhelmed by God's goodness. How many of you just feel you need God to overwhelm you with His goodness and touch you? Just stand with me. Let's just pray. Father, Your goodness, Your goodness, Your mercy. Yes, let Your goodness flow. Lord, we just release Your goodness and Your mercy. Where there's been heartache and sorrow, Father, I thank you that you just empower and bring your goodness. Where there's been uh, anticipation and hope deferred, we just bring your goodness. Where there's been disappointment and let down, we bring your goodness because you're a good, good Father. 
You're merciful, you're kind, you're wonderful, you're glorious. We just release your goodness on the saints, Lord, that it drips like honey, that they taste it, Father, even the goodness of God, that, Father, it empowers them, it enriches them, it strengthens their bones. Lord, no longer is there a groaning of not knowing you, not experiencing you, but today, Father, your goodness. You're a good God, Lord. You're a good, merciful, kind, loving Father, and today your goodness fills us, empowers us, Holy Spirit, come and bring the goodness of God to the saints. They need a refreshing. They need to be revived. They need things to change in their hearts and their minds and their lives. Just bring your goodness. You're a good father. We thank you and we worship you for being a good father. You're not like any of the other gods. You don't require us to do anything but just to receive your goodness. So we thank you. That you're a merciful, kind, good Father. And I just release the anointing on every single person. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ron. Y'all go ahead and keep standing. We're gonna, we're gonna, I want the ministry team to go ahead and come up real quick. Um, this is something I've neglected to do for the last few weeks. And I've had people ask me. How do you become a member of Freedom Fellowship? And I said, well, it's very simple. You come forward at the end of a service. You see one of the ministry team, and they will help you uh, with a form to fill out. So I want to I extend that because I know there are a lot of you that have been coming for several weeks. And you, you haven't really gotten plugged in because you really didn't even know about membership. And that's my bad. But it is important here because we, uh, we want to know that you want to be a part of us, and we want to be a part of you. And so that's the first step even to begin to, if you wanted to serve in this body, is to become a part of this body and say, this is where the Holy Spirit's directed me. So I want to offer that to you as we close. Also, please come and sow into Ron Campbell's ministry as the Holy Spirit directs you. And uh, we, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for being here today. Uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you came in here and you said, man, what is going on here? I don't have a clue what that is that he's talking about. We want to invite you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just come to one of these ministry team here in the front or in the back. So I just want to close in prayer. Then please respond as the Holy Spirit directs you to. Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for your presence. And we thank you for revival that's beginning here. As, the, as we allow the river to flow, as we become, we are the river. And the river flows through us. Lord, help us to be that flowing river that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.